Welcome to Tuke Talk, a video podcast by the band Tuke, and brought to you by Blackfrog Media. We chat with the best in the music industry from yesterday and today with a focus on the good old days of Canadian rock. This episode originally streamed live on Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021 on Facebook Live. Now, here are your hosts, Todd, Brent, Shane, Corey, and Darren. Hey, yeah, hey. I'll be right there. Nice. Yeah, sure. I got to do Tuk Talk right now, okay? Hang on. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that your agent? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. My real estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, it's, I've just been squatting here for years, so I think they're finally kind of getting hip to it. Hello, the voice, everybody. The voice I, sounds better. Hi. I was going to say, you, you, thank you. You, you sound like a million bucks, Todd. You've been, uh, the talking is never a problem. Well, eh? I think I think most of the time it's like I took the week off last week. I really didn't want to because I really wanted to talk to Greg Godovitz. He actually called me the other day, and I've been meaning to call him back. And uh, that would have been a really fun one. It looked like you guys had a blast. So but was I, I was guy, really bummed. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he's a legend, man. He's a he's a legend. Absolutely. Darren, we want to yes. give some stuff away today too. Uh, I saw Greg. that actually. Yeah. Um, so, so, like to Goodwill or about it? No, because Greg had a lot of cool. Um, his books mm. and like that. Um, yeah, there was a whole bunch of really great things that he I offered that, yeah. to, um, you know, to some to talk viewers. So um, you got that, Darren? I think I did. Um, yeah. Lyle sent you, it over. Yeah. I saw what, uh, what we're giving away and uh, I guess we just have to determine who, uh, who gets what and okay. how you want to do that. Is it, we want to organize some kind of knife fight in a Safeway parking lot to see who wins. I think I so, got right? just an idea. <laughs> so Greg's um, the books uh, travel with my amp up and the up close and uncomfortable, and uh, his one of his solo CDs, uh, "Amuse Me," produced by Paul Dean. Wow, Shane's friend Paul Dean, and uh, wow. two signed posters: the 1978 uh, Long John Baldry caricature, which uh, he mentioned, which is cool, and a 1978 Gatto with special guest, the Guess Who, you know that that playbill uh, poster, wow. which is super cool. Wow. So those are awesome. Um, Wait a second. So we're going. The guess who was a special guest for, for Gatto? That they opened for Gatto? Well, seven I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Wow. Sure. How do you like that? Amazing. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, man. So, so how do you want to go doing all that? the? Okay. So it says, um, well, Greg mentioned last week. So it's uh, www.shopgreggodovitz.com. Mm -hmm. Shop G R E G. G O D O V I T Z or Z.com. Um, so Zed. that's all. It, it, yeah. It's Zed. It, it's Zed up here. <laughs> I know. I always get screwed because I have to say my, my last name a lot of times and I have the Z at the end, but it's a Z. But what is it? So it just depends on. Well, it depends where you are and where you live. Exactly. Yeah. I, I guess the auto was taken. <laughs> exactly. If you come down here and you say Z, they just stop dead. Like they don't know what you're like. What? What what that yeah. you just freaked them heard out. it maybe one time in their life and they're like huh? yeah did you get did you uh, were you tuned in Todd for the uh, the pasta versus pasta convo with Greg <laughs> no but I've been engaged in that conversation many yeah, times yeah but well he even no I think I was a part of that wasn't I wasn't I a part of that on on a couple of episodes yeah we, we've we've done we did it, it again times but we did it again oh because, okay because Greg was trying to tell us that it's not pasta sauce it's gravy all the uh, oh all the, yeah. Know, and then we yeah. went back and forth on that. So, you know, you missed the old you school Italian. Like I seen that in, 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 uh, 
mob movies and stuff. Don't forget the gravy. You know that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, you missed out on uh, on a lot of important stuff. So. Man, Greg's a wealth of knowledge. Damn. Part two. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had uh, he had great stories, and I'm sure he could go on for another couple of hours. But uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, so we put up the link. Yeah, if anybody hadn't checked that out, yeah, go buy his stuff for sure. Um, and then we do have some giveaways and I don't know how you want to facilitate that Brent, but I'm sure over the course of the uh, next little bit, we can figure out a way to engage people and get them some free stuff off the Facebook Should we come page? up with like some sort of like uh, questions or that they have to answer or, yeah. I mean, let's, th- let's throw it trivia? to people today too. Yeah. Let's go with, uh, you know, just let's see, let's see how people can, uh, can engage and, uh, maybe we'll, we'll just kind of see what happens and we'll pick stuff. We'll let you guys, you know, uh, Sure. be the uh be the creative control on that so um other than that everybody else week's good groundhog day today it is it is i forgot um, about that that's right i don't know where you guys are but up here in manitoba manitoba merv is the name of our groundhog and uh he said that we're gonna have an early spring so it's also the on. it's also the name of brent fitz's father it so is i, I do call he, him manitoba merv yeah. there you go there you <laughs> well, go i think i think that's he the is guy. the mayor yeah they mm-hmm. just they just called uh, Brent's dad and said, "What's the deal? Early spring or no?" So he's, he's like, "Who is watching right now?" I yeah, love it. Probably. My dad actually will stop everything and jump online. My dad's eighty-two and he rocks TikTok <laughs> every week. So if he's there, what's up, Dad? <laughs> it's go. a great he, place to meet chicks. I understand. He just he just had a birthday <laughs> the other day too. I understand, right? So he did, yeah. So uh, happy birthday to Manitoba. That's Murph. amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I was going to say, boys. Um, I just noticed that the Jan Arden show is now on Hulu in the States. Oh, it is. Wow. Cool. And I watched the first half of the first episode and it's hilarious. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. We've, we've watched them all up here. So yeah, they're great. Awesome. I can't wait to get into it. Great. How many seasons is there? At least a couple. There's there's two finished. I know, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're doing a third one right now, but so it's kind of like a day in the life of Jan, right? Even though it's it's not it's autobiographical, but not or something like that. Like sort of, yeah. Like she plays yeah. herself, but it's in a wacky, you know, in a sort of <laughs> like pseudo the de- reality. The details are amazing because she's sort of like she is herself with her career, but she'll be playing at like uh, farmers markets and stuff on little stages and that sort of thing. Like she's kind of like trying to keep keep her like celebrityism, but she's playing all these kind of crappy gigs <laughs> and some of the details like so she, in the, she must have my agent then she's probably <laughs> <laughs> but as she's up there on stage uh it, in the background you can see like a booth that says Tabor corn so hilarious <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's based out of calgary which makes it super prairies you know it's yeah uh, and Tabor Tabor like Tabor alberta, alberta corn yeah exactly yeah, like yeah, anybody here yeah, what's that? Yeah, Tabor Corn like, is pretty famous if you're in Alberta. Yeah, if you yeah. if you've ever driven down the one, number one the Trans Canada Highway and you go as soon as you hit like Medicine Hat, you start seeing signs for Tabor Corn like, along <laughs> the Absolutely. along the highway. One hundred percent. So Greg just uh, put a, a message up there said it's an all in one prize pack, guys. Don't split it up because the shipping will kill me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's one true. Person. One person's going to okay. win all of that, correct? All that? Wow. I, I'm, I'm guessing so. so, yeah. So they got to do okay. something real fantastic. Awesome. That's a pretty um, hefty prize. Can, can I submit my own name? <laughs> well, right now you're the first one, so you're in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I won't do that. I won't do that. 
Um, so, Todd Kearns, yay! I, I, yeah, thank you. I don't know who the winner is. Thanks, Greg. The winner is, um, exactly. So should so we... Yeah, uh, welcome back. You're feeling better this week? Um, we. Yeah, I, I felt fine. It just kind of really... You know, it's like one of those colds that just kind of hits you like... You know, and you're just kind of like... It just your voice goes out as soon as you... It'll probably go out today once I get going. But thankfully, there's five of you plus one more that we can... Uh, or four of you, I guess, and one more to, uh, to, uh, well, the worst of it, carry the load. You got that you got sick, Todd, but the best of it was it wasn't COVID. That's exactly it. Yeah. I booked a, a thing and it went there and you stick a thing in your nose and, and it was like, no, you're fine. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. I mean, I did, I didn't have any of those. You know, I kind of thought to myself, I went online, looked at fever, shortness of breath, all those kind of things. I didn't have any of that, but I just thought, well, you know, when you have like sort of a little bit of a lung thing, it kind of felt like, but and not of course enough to really. To you've never you had. Out. You've never had any taste, so you didn't. You couldn't. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know the difference between Tabor corn or Innisfail corn. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All the same to me, man. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. Hey, we should. Right. Uh, we should just bring up that. Um, it, there's been a few. Uh, episodes of Tuk talk that haven't been on youtube that are now they've been uploaded we're repopulating them and within probably you know a week or less maybe in a few days every episode of Tuk talk will now be available on youtube we are also starting a podcast audio podcast so those of you who drive to work and have a bit of a commute you can listen to the back issues of Tuk talk and not have to use up all your data on your cell phone that's correct that's amazing wow how many episodes now? Forty. This is forty-one. 41. Yeah, but mm-hmm. have well, already. The thing is, we we doubled up in the okay. beginning too because there was a point where we were having you know two guests on in an episode. So yeah, it was, right. we came, yeah, we came was... out of the gate swinging, and then you know, yeah, and then we got lazy basically. <laughs> 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 Not so much. It was more a case of like it just kind of felt like we'd really we barely even got broke the ice and it was time to move to a second person. And I kind of thought, I, I think we, I think we actually did more like two hours in, in the original yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. That felt like, that felt a, a big ask in, in the early days of, of lockdown. It was like, well, no one's got anything better to do as things. Well, because kind of I'm slowly. sure like we all thought is that we didn't realize how long this lockdown was going to go on. So we're like, Oh, get everybody on. And then we're like, Oh, we better pace ourselves here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going on uh, creeping up on a year, right? It's going on 11 months since our last show. Like yeah. is it was in March of March of two thousand last year. Yeah, March ninth mm-hmm. or yeah. something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was the Telemiracle show in Regina, Saskatchewan. In Regina, yeah. a place everybody's been through at least once in their lifetime. Come on now. Nothing too lowbrow for us. Uh, right. no, it's always where, good. where do you so, go from there so I, I think maybe we should bring our guest on because that, that that was the climax of the intro well done, oh, well done. there you go there you go can you just mute him now <laughs> <laughs> come on i'm here all week <laughs> yeah yeah that's the beauty of the podcast though you know nobody can see who's talking that's true that's true yeah that's uh, Todd guy's a jerk i didn't say that <laughs> Well, it'll work well for some of our uh, technically challenged guests for, you know, their camera hey. and their crotch. Hey. That's true. That's oh, true. yeah. Our, we forgot our own, our, our local, uh, <laughs> our local uh, cast member who is a, yeah. yeah. You're, you're looking pretty dark there today, Shane. You really? You're in a different backdrop, or you're just facing the other way today. Uh, yeah, you know what? Got, I think uh, my light is not 
on. So you're not seeing them. But you're well back. lit. That's all that matters. No, usually yeah, you we see good. the coach behind you. Now you're you got the uh, the studio set up behind you. So oh, you mean the well ears? Done. No, you guys like ripped on me for that one. So I spun the whole thing around. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that was. Well, I thought you know, the, uh, I never noticed that. I thought it looked more like because of the purple, it had like a a, a Paisley Park vibe to it. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Now it looks like um, you're like in the cockpit of. Uh, 2001 a space odyssey or something i'm not sure yeah i need a light back there make it look you know like check out Corey. you know well, he's got it yeah he's but. got it blurred out too it looks fancy yeah, that yeah. way i like that oh hang on here we got uh somebody's just calling in here hang on one sec guys i just got calling uh, you can call in on this thing hang on <laughs> hang on yeah you just call the two line two cot line get the hell out of here <laughs> Sorry, am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? I'm here for my audition for the crotch cam. Am I? <laughs> no, your camera feed's too good for that. Well, you're failing because that's if that's your crotch. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a small man from North Toronto, and so I mean, given your height, that's what I've been looking at. That and your belt. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> that's why I make you wear a helmet when you're around. Yeah, exactly. At Wexler, ladies and gentlemen, wearing a toque. I can yeah, appreciate well, I thought it. that was the theme of the show, but I guess it hasn't uh, sunk its way into you guys yet. Not, just, not for us, yeah. But yeah. It, it, I, I consider my wig a toque, so that works out pretty well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Made of the same material. Is it holding up okay? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing to see you. It's funny because Matt's been harassing us to get on the box on here the whole time. So now Matt's here as a as a as a as a spectator and an onlooker as a, a surprise. This as a first time by, uh, yeah. first time caller, long time listener. Yeah, and also you know, Todd's living in Nevada a long time. So by harassing, maybe saying please once. True. And God, this is it's great seeing you guys. It's been too long. It's like I know, I know. It's been forever, yeah. Todd and so Brent. Why, why, why don't you guys do a proper introduction to everybody watching? Oh, well, sure. Yeah. Well, we've known Matt a long time. He uh just he's right he's literally been on the on on the road with us. He just shows up, hops on the bus, and rides around with us with Slash. It was like weirdest thing because Matt's from Toronto, but he's a friend of Slash's, and then we connect and we sit around talking about Canadian stuff like Brand Van three thousand and, and, and the box and like all kinds of and no, glue yeah, leg and glue leg and glue leg exactly yeah all kinds of yeah, good it was it was always it was funny because in the back so you know when I uh, had the opportunity to take time off of work um, you know I don't do well on beaches and no one wants to see this on a beach and <laughs> so uh, and Todd Todd and Brent a beach is sand. But now, <laughs> it's, an ocean. it's on the outside. It's on the outside. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm indoorsy. I'm indoorsy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The great indoors. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah. And so I would just get on the bus and away we'd go and I'd see Europe by coach or what have you. And it was fun when I showed up because there'd be Brent and Todd talking about Canada stuff and then a bunch of other people trying to talk about anything about Canada stuff. And during the brief time I was there, I'd be that like nudging tipping point. And so yeah, of course, we, yeah. we would just go down this hole of, you know, everything. And, Tim Hortons, uh, whatever. Yeah, just everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for me personally, it was like, you know, with Brent and Todd, it was like I won some kind of 
big shiny tunes prize showcase. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know, back of the bus talking about all this, you know, music I liked being significantly younger than them. And, <laughs> and significantly, but, ouch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at the numbers and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> we would just have a lot of fun. So I was the tipping point. So we'd start listening to all kinds of, you know, great music that we loved. And, uh, yeah. And Jean-Marc in the box was certainly part of that. And it was also really Absolutely. fun. On the bus, whenever we wanted those moments, I would just, I would ask, you know, one or two people on the bus that weren't Brett and Todd and say, I'd just say, so what do you guys think about Rush? And, <laughs> and the bus would get so quiet and uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it would be like a library on a Saturday. And so that would mean <laughs> when Todd and I could go up to the back of the bus and start talking. Remember when? And uh you would just have a blast. And it's, uh, welcome to Helix Half Hour. I just got to get back. Hold on tight. Only eleven hours to go before we get. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Matt is in in animation and has done amazingly well at it. Uh, what are you working on now? Uh, just a bunch of uh, live action shows, kids shows for Hulu and uh, HBO Max and Cartoon hey. Network, a bunch of other stuff, and uh, yeah, just having fun working on my couch and, and uh, making the best of these trying times. And um, it's been weird because I've been working at home for the last seven or eight years since I started my own thing. And it's been weird because I've enjoyed my summers working in the backyard and I can no longer do that because everyone else was home. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, people are loud. There's footballs going over the fence. People are being joyful and having fun with their families. <laughs> and and I would avoid, avoid sounding like anybody from, uh, you know, entourage or the player on the phone so i had to hide inside <laughs> my work and not be that guy not be the oh, talk that's and Todd, that's the real reason i'm here this is an intervention because <laughs> i knew it was i knew it was i saw i smelled it Todd, Todd, no one here has any problem with your talking it's just it, it, no they don't but it's strictly the content it's everything you say <laughs> It's, it's just it's just it's just it's not you it's not the tone the pitch it's it's not the cadence it's just words the words I got you. I got you. I, I hear you. Yeah, I'll yeah. work on that. You know what? If you can find the time, because we're all so busy these days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Hey, nice we'll Jimmy see. Cup, Matt. Nice Jimmy Cup. He's got the Jimmy Ooh, website. I need, I need that. Didn't we call it Jimmy Cup something else in, in uh, Canada in the 80s? Wasn't it? We did. Jimmy yes. Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it protected you from hockey puck generally. But uh, yeah. for Shane and Corey, it's great to meet you guys. We never met. Are, are you guys all in America? Yeah, yeah, we're both in well, suburbs of LA, I guess. <clears throat> right, so LA, so Al Albuquerque, Albuquerque. Yeah, <laughs> just enjoying the sun. I'm sure you've heard that, right? when you when you're on the road, you meet someone from Toronto, you know, and you're like, oh, where from Kingston? Like Toronto, Kingston. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Assume, you know, yeah. Hamilton. That is, yeah. yeah, Burlington. That's not Toronto. Yeah, yeah. No. No, I'm, all right. I was to meet you guys. Great you to meet too, you. Buddy. you too, man. Okay, man. Are you hanging? Are you hey, hanging with John Mark? No, that guy looks too good in those jeans. I, I mean, I, I saw him in those <laughs> jeans when I was 11. It's like, I will never fit into jeans like that. Those are like, <laughs> I'll just get depressed. So now, I know. I know. Yeah, he still looks amazing, too. So there's that. I believe. Well, I'm going to go back to my uh, doodles. And uh, guys, have fun. Todd, uh, again, reminding you or judging you harshly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I love you. I love Great meeting you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Good to see you, Matt. Okay. Oh it was the funniest gosh. thing about Matt was like drive because we we all love him, but he would just drive Frank crazy. Because anytime Frank would say anything, he would go 
like it wouldn't matter if Frank said, like, hey, is there a coffee shop on here? We go, Frank. This very exasperated <laughs> Frank would always start, Frank. <laughs> it didn't matter what he said, just always like annoyed with him. That's so funny. Anyway, um, let's introduce our guest. Yeah, so uh, so the actual guest, uh, let's uh, go to you. We missed you last week, Todd, so why don't the you real do guest. the introduction? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm actually really excited about this because I have so many questions. Uh, it's one of my favorite places in the entire world. He comes from Quebec in Canada, French Canada, um, and I love his band. I love the songs. Uh, turns out he's an amazing painter, and that's a whole other conversation I'm just blown away by. But uh, he played in, in a great band. Still plays in an, an amazing band. They kind of took a break, but they came back and uh, killing it still. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from the box, Jean-Marc Pissapia. Yeah. Sorry hey, to make you hey, wait so long, hey, Jean-Marc. Jean-Marc. Jean-Marc's watching all these jackasses like, what is going yeah. on here? It's like, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. It's that the middle of up. the afternoon for you guys. That's it true. Is. The sun is already set here. Oh, I'm, oh, in, I'm in darkness. Oh, oh no! Your 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 feed and your entire thing is amazing. You look like a thousand gazillion dollars. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That happens uh, yeah, no, rarely, so I'll. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. You heard Matt. He was commenting on on the jeans. How amazing you looked back in the day. <laughs> you still <laughs> the tucked in shirt and the jeans. That was amazing. Allow me to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still look fantastic, sir. Thank I was going to say, um, so this year would mark 40 years of the box. Am I correct on that? Absolutely. It's going to be 40 years in September. Holy oh. cow. That's amazing yeah. to consider. But it's, a, it's an amazing thing to consider that anything from the 80s is now, people who were born in the 80s are now going to be heading into their 40s. It's a fascinating <laughs> thing for me to wrap my head around, considering we were all playing music back then. It's it's fascinating, yeah. But you guys all look at least at least fifteen years younger than I am, and which surprises I... me. I mean, I'm surprised that you know about this band because usually um, we we have a dead spot because we've been out of the scene from let's say 1993 to 2005, completely right. out of the and right. uh, and people who were let's say 18 at that time never heard of us. Mm-hmm. Really? So the funny thing is now what we see at our concerts is kids like 14 yeah. and 15 that show mm-hmm. up. And when I asked them, what the hell are you doing here? They <laughs> said, well, we, we were raised on your music by our parents. Uh, wow. But you guys seem to be in that bracket of age that should have missed us. So I'm surprised. No. We were There's right there when it was influential. In the, yeah. There's a lot of hair and sure. makeup going on in here, Jean-Marc. This is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. These are all oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Um, I, I think b- you're talking about it in, in a specific era as well, when much music and music plus were actually playing music videos. So, so by the time you guys sort of checked out, that transition was was crucial to that moment. So, even if what I find really interesting, especially growing up in Canada, was how diversified and how wide reaching the music was, but how much music really to its credit and music blues um, really kind of opened you up to almost every kind of music. Do you know what I mean? If you just had much, I would just have much music on in my house through the day while I was doing stuff. And I would hear pop music. I would hear rap music. I would hear whatever was playing as well as rock and roll and, and, and whatever else. Um, unfortunately it becomes so much more uh categorical now like people are either into hip-hop or they're into pop or they're into hard rock 
And but back then it used to be kind of like a like a very ambiguous radio station where you'd hear everything. So stuff like you guys with the the Canadian and the French Canadian thing especially, which is a really interesting conversation I want to pick your brain about because what's fascinating to me in going back and looking at you guys is that there really isn't a whole lot of French Canadian, a lot of French in the lyrics of your songs. It, it, uh, L'Affaire du Moutier is really interesting because, which I always thought was a film as a kid, because watching the video, it was like, I didn't realize that you guys were banned, you know, until I saw Closer Together and a couple of the other videos. I was like, oh, wow, I, I assumed you were some French actor. You know, I, did you ever think to pursue acting? Because you were, you were a killer in that. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> it's a <fantasy laughs> mine to have this third career late in life. There you uh, go. But I don't really pursue it because I'm a little bit lazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right about Music Plus and, and Merch Plus. We were born at exactly that period when these things were uh, coming up, and it made a huge difference. I'll give you an example. Our first single didn't have a video. It, it played on the radio a lot, but it didn't have a video. The second right. single, which I always remember, that's yeah. the name of the song, mm -hmm. that one had a video. And although mm -hmm. the video was really crappy, it put us on the map like you wouldn't believe from literally overnight. I mean, I remember yeah. taking the bus uh, because I didn't have a car back then, couldn't afford it. I would take the bus and people on the bus, especially young people, would look at me and say, I have enough haven't I seen you on TV last night? <laughs> it made a huge difference. It was spectacularly effective, the videos mm. at that time. And then that's over, the best, not to cut you off, but that's the best example of the Canadian music industry because the same thing happened to me when I'd be like, basically like my car couldn't make it across town while your songs are playing on the radio. You're like, well, you know, that's, that's the music industry for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And then about the French, uh, yeah. that's interesting. An interesting aspect. We we never. You can tell by my by my accent that I'm francophone. I'm not an Anglo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the thing is, business drew me in to English uh, because I was keyboard player for Men Without Hats before the that's box. Right. Yeah. And when I left the band to do the box, uh, I kept the same management team. Uh, the same, they in turn formed a label called Alert Records with uh, Tom Barry and Mark sure. Durant, who was the manager for Men Without Hats. And off we went. So these people uh, were literally going around the planet with the safety dance. Right. And they expected us to do the same thing. So French was pretty much out of the question. And it's not like they were going to uh, spend a, a ton of money for us to get back in the studio and redo all of these songs in French. Right. However, you're absolutely right about L'Affaire du Moutier. And this is one thing that uh, people who have lived here know, of course, is that the French from France influence in Quebec is enormous. Right, uh, right. Uh, the the cultural scene here from France was everywhere, mm -hmm. and so when I wrote that song "L'Affaire du Moutier," for example, it 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 was really it was based on a true event that happened in France in the early eighties, which I transformed a little bit, but I wanted it to look like a what they call a polar. A polar in French is a police movie, but the old right. kind, you know, uh, black mm -hmm. and white with the inspectors and all that, and mm -hmm. it's very moody. Mm -hmm. And it's often very, you know, uh, depressing. So <laughs> I wanted, the girl I wanted to carry... Railroad tracks, is that the end of it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, so yeah. So I wanted to carry that vibe, which, which really belongs to the French culture, into that song. Mm 
And that's why you have this this guy, the main character, who speaks, who tells the story. And then you hear uh, the journalists and the inspector, the police inspector, shouting at each other as if you were listening to the uh, soundtrack of the movie. 100%. And all of that, all of that was was in there. But that is typical French influence from France. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful piece. Still, like in watching it musically, you know, because it's it's such a strong piece of music. It, I li literally watched it recently, knowing you were coming on it, and thought to myself, I remember thinking this was a film. I remember thinking this was yeah. from some Luxon film yeah. that I wasn't aware of, you know, and yeah. it wasn't until because I was actually going to ask you about that story. So that is based on an actual true crime story, is it? Yes, absolutely. It happened in France um, in the early 80s. It was a little girl, uh, excuse me, a little boy that was killed, not a little oh, girl, as in okay. uh, my, uh, my, my version of it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I found was interesting with that story is that the, uh, the man culpable of the crime was actually uh, set free on, uh, on the basis of insanity. He had multiple personalities. Uh -huh. And I remember when I wrote the song, I started reading about that. And there's at least one case that everybody knows, which is the Boston Strangler, right. who was suffering from such multiple personalities. And by the way, he turned himself to the police saying that he, he had serious doubts. Uh, uh, the contrary, he was pretty much convinced that he was the murderer. Wow. Uh, although he couldn't, you know, because one of his personalities was taking over completely like that. Wow. And so the murderer in France was found not guilty. Of course, he wasn't set free, but he was taken care of, put into a hospital. I don't know. But that was really interesting to me is the fact that he was found not guilty on the basis of insanity like that. And so I decided to make the, the song about that, that, that point of the story. And by the way, when the song ends, you hear the judge go, non coupable pour cause d'alienation mentale, which means <laughs> innocent on the basis of insanity. And yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah, the, the, the movie, the police movie type of thing, that story, the French incorporated in it. By the way, I think it's our best song ever. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, a, it's an amazing piece, objectively, just watching it and like the way that it's, like you say, it's, it's the, the verse is spoken. It's like a spoken word almost. And then the walking on the tightrope of insanity, pre-chorus, I suppose you would call that. And then yeah. into the chorus, it's, as a musical piece, I find it, wow, this is really inventive and very, I know you have like leanings to things like, say, Genesis uh, and, and like, it just has those thematic things where it's not so much about a four-minute pop song. It's like a piece of art. And I really well, think it's, it's... It's funny you say that because my diet, my musical diet from the 70s was actually progressive rock bands. And of sure. course, as you all well know, you couldn't bring that style of music into the 80s without being looked at as if you were a real old-timer. Uh, <laughs> but, but the storytelling... Uh, that song embodies all of my influences from the 70s, from those progressive rock bands of the 70s. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, I, it's, and I, would, I assume you're talking about the Peter Gabriel era of Yeah, of well, Genesis. those who told stories yeah. and yeah. who didn't mind the format. I mean, if mm -hmm. that song, for example, was five-something five minutes, it was way too long for radio. And by the way, the record company really didn't want to have anything to do with it. They thought it was absolutely unthinkable to, to, to have a single out there on the radio that's a murder story? What are you kidding yeah. us? Yeah. And we insisted like hell. And by the way, that was September, October, and we needed to shoot that video right there and then. Otherwise, we'd miss the, the train. And so we pleaded and pleaded. And it eventually 
made a real mark here in Quebec and somewhat in Ontario and other places. But it wasn't the song that was going to put us really on the map. We had to wait till closer together for that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Which sure. is a lot less inventive, but a, lo a lot more, you know, party style type Type of but isn't it funny that you say that? I don't mean to cut all you guys because Matt gave me a serious talking to about talking to about. But, <laughs> but it is really interesting <laughs> that you say that because in in music in general, we all feel like we put so much effort into certain things, and they don't connect as well as a closer together. Which you know you you may have put it together very quickly, but um, but what a connection! I mean, that song is just an immediate. You know, when closer together starts, you're like. Right from the uh, and into the when the girls come in, it's just like you're you're just hooked in immediately. Like that was that was a big song all the way across. I don't know where you saw it working, but it, we all love that song. It's it's oh, a party it was, song it was still. Our biggest hit, absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, that was a commission. Yeah, I didn't well, write the story on that. Yeah, have you heard of Lucan? Lucan is the uh, society to fight against leukemia with kids, young kids. Oh, okay, wow. And uh, they have, I believe, their headquarters here in Montreal at Saint Justin's Hospital. And we were reached out by these people uh, to do two songs, one in French and one in English, as a, um, a soundtrack, I should say, for a video that they. Video for a fundraiser that they were putting together with the Montreal Canadiens, who had just won the Stanley Cup in '86, by the way, and right. other artists and ourselves. And I was approached to do the theme music on the um, on the subject of cooperation. Uh, if we get closer together, we can beat that thing. Great. So I wrote the song. It took about I don't know 24 24 hours. I recorded it, and when the record company heard it. They said, okay, that will go to Luc, huh? <laughs> but it's going to be the first single <laughs> of your third album for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's really wow. interesting. It was a hey, big was, look. You seem so multidimensional, like very complex and all the things that you've done with your life and whatnot. And I would actually like to go back to the beginning and know more about how it all began for you and where you found your influences and how you decided yeah. that you should focus on English uh, mostly coming from a francophone sort of area and um and then you return to uh you know because you have you had some french albums later on that were very epic and and um a lot like what we were just talking about the the story uh like le hola is that how you say it that's right yeah le which is, which is yeah. a horror story from france as well that's right so you seem to be very you're in literature a lot and that sort of thing but anyway i'll let yeah. you go from there well, that has to do with the fact that I was in a French lycée when I was a kid. A lycée is, is a school where you go uh, to when you're four years old, five years old, and you don't get out till you go to university. You do everything there. It was mm -hmm. called the Collège Stanislas here in Montreal. It's a, wow. it's, a, it's a branch of the same school in Paris, in France. And my, pa my father, who's Italian, by the way, sent me there because he knew that the level of education there was really very much higher. So that's where my French influence came from. All of the teachers were French. All of my friends uh, were French. Uh, either their parents were living in Montreal for a short period of time, and they sent their children to that school. Long story short, um, the Horla, for example, that is a story by Guy de Maupassant. Guy de Maupassant is the equivalent of Edgar Allan Poe for French culture. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. He became famous by writing a bunch of short stories. L'Orla is one of them, and we studied that 
That's cool. And by the way, we're talking 1887. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. And that particular story uh, really struck me when I was, what, 13? And it gave me the taste of reading, by the way, because when you read that one, you read everything. It's like a bag of chips. You, you can't just <laughs> eat one and leave the rest. Once you start with Maupassant, and by the way, he's a great author to get your kids into reading because really? they'll get, he'll get you hooked. Wow. And so that uh, all of that, like I said, for La Ferre du Moutier, all of that French influence, which, by the way, I'm not the only one influenced by that here in Quebec, and it's not because I've been to that particular school. This is a pervasive influence over Quebec, certainly uh, since the 50s, I'd say, what we call here la révolution tranquille, the quiet revolution that happened here in the 60s, where we got rid of the clergy and started embracing uh, pop culture in a and and that was the birth of the French Quebec culture per se, but always very much influenced by France. Wow! Wow! And and after that, as I mentioned before, because of my beginnings with Men Without Hats, uh, it was out of the question that we were going to we were going to pursue a career in in French exclusively, mm -hmm. and and for money reasons. Like I said, these guys wouldn't want us to go back in the studio and re-record everything in French just to say that we were being on the PC side of things. Hmm. Right, right. But and you didn't start singing you? until you were 24, am I right? Well, that's the time I started the box. I didn't so sing you, with Men Without Hats. You, you were never, you had never any intentions of being the lead singer in any way? Nope, up to that point. never. That's so nope. funny, wow. wow. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's yeah. while we were doing auditions for singers that the band said to me, look, you're telling him telling them all what to do by singing yourself. And usually you get it down better than they could. So why don't you just drop the keyboards and do the singing? And then we hired my brother to do the keyboards while I went up there and, and, and assumed the singing in the front. That was yeah. before you heard Dodds Day Music Plus, because, you know, you've got that accent already. Um, we've talked, we've talked <laughs> a number of times, though. Todd, you, uh, you always mention, you know, bands coming across Canada, working their way towards Quebec and entering Quebec and it becoming like a whole different world. Do you find that that was almost the opposite? You guys breaking out of Quebec and that French music scene and trying to, you know, gain ground on on the rest of the country? Or did you focus more on European markets? No, we didn't. Um, actually, nothing went according to plan. So... Whatever my plan was back in the 80s, nothing worked like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but one thing's for sure is that I learned about Canada because of the box. Uh, I didn't know the first thing about Canada before I... And by the way, as a Montrealer, I didn't know the first thing about Quebec either. You know, yeah, so yeah. The, the, the band forced me to get out there and, and see what the real Quebecers were like and then the real Canadians were like. Mm. And that's when I fell in love with this country. And then after that, we... Uh, Always had an eye on the U.S., of course, uh, mm. because for some reason, L'Affaire du Moutier was completely shunned in France. For some reason. Really? Yeah, it didn't work at all. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, um, and we ended our career with capital ELI, uh, EMI in um, Los Angeles. Oh, wow. And by that time, uh, it had been 12 years, and we had been relentlessly touring. I mean, relentlessly. It was something like 200 shows per year. And wow. we were really fragile. We were very exhausted. And one mistake 
could have cost us our life as a band. And, and that's what actually happened. Um, in Los Angeles, the record company did two major mistakes and we died there. Mm, so just really? to make a, yeah, yeah, that was 1991. And by the way, we had a big hit in Europe with our song called Temptation from the fourth album, which was sure. recorded in England with uh, Martin Rushent. Right. And we didn't even know about it. And the well, record company sure. didn't know. I was, I was informed of that by my family who lives on my father's side, who live in Italy. And they called up one day and said, you guys are really happening here. We can hear that temptation thing from the Dolomites all the way to Sicily three times a day, every day. And it's been three months now. So you better do something mm. about it and get over here. And I didn't know. Oh and the God. people in Los Angeles didn't know. And when we called Capital in London, where the International is, they didn't know either. <laughs> uh, quick so question. Are you a saying off topic, though? Sorry, I just I just had to interrupt because a couple of people, people were asking and I these scroll by so quickly. Uh, we know you off, you know, obviously multi-talented and a lot of things. And uh, looking at the picture and the stripes on your shirt, people are asking, are you a pilot as well? Or is this nope. just a uh, no? Nope. There's your no, answer. I, yeah. I was always very much into aviation, but I read Flying Magazine for 30 years, cover to cover, and that's what convinced me not to be a pilot. Because <laughs> I'm serious. My personality would have made it that I bought the farm really quickly. Right. I'm a guy yeah. to cut corners. I'm a guy that doesn't have discipline. Uh, I would have committed all of the mistakes that'll kill you in an airplane like that. And by the way, all of these characteristics which are very bad for aviation are very good for music and they're there you very go. good for painting so mm -hmm. as a passenger that's been on airplanes i thank you for not being that pilot <laughs> <laughs> as for this shirt uh, the story is simple i was in france in the early 80s and i was uh, in a flea market and i found a shirt from a u-boat captain a german u-boat captain from world war ii and wow. it was uh, on sale for i think ten dollars like that and i picked it up brought it back here and i wore that shirt on our very first black and white picture official picture of the box and i got a bunch of comments from a lot of people that said to me that's a visual tag you need to carry that through because oh, if you if you stick to it people are going to identify you immediately with that visual tag and it'll follow you for the rest of your career very so true. there we have it. And now I have a friend who's a 747 pilot with Virgin Atlantic, actually just switched to 777 now. They don't fly wow. 747s anymore. And uh, back when he gave me that shirt, that was their uh, captain shirt, official captain mm -hmm. shirt there, and he gave it to me. So I have it on cool. now. Yeah. That's and great. I wear it yeah. all the time. All the time that I'm in public, that is. I like it, yeah. No, I've <laughs> noticed it in your photos and stuff. Yeah, definitely shirt a lot, yeah. It's yeah. Great. But so when I so go I've, for supper with my wife in 10 minutes, she's going to tell me, take that silly shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks awesome. It looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. I totally. Hey, I wanted to ask you, um, I've always wondered this, and, and you'd be a perfect guy to ask this. You've written songs in English. You've written songs in French. What, I mean, it seems like a simple and stupid question almost, but how is it writing lyrics in French versus writing lyrics in English? Mm. Because it seems like a lot of French lyrics don't, rhyme so either you know the rhyming isn't as important when you're writing a french song or the language doesn't make it as easy to do so or you know is is there something to that or how is it for you to to write one language versus the other uh, i used to think it would be very difficult to write in french 
because of, oh, really? well, French, contrary to English, doesn't have tonic accents, okay? Uh, Japanese is probably the only language I know that doesn't either, okay? Arigato domo. Domo arigato, all right? Well, in French, it's the same thing. Uh, if I... You know, if I tell you my name, for example, okay, it's going to be in French, pisapia, ta-ta-ta, right? Mm. And in English, it's going to be pisapia, like in Italian, pisapia, ah, right, right. that tonic accent there. Now, tonic accents and rock and roll really work well together, mm. okay? Wow. And I used to think back then that r French not having that characteristic would make it difficult to write lyrics for rock, but it doesn't. It turns out it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And as for the rhyming thing, I don't rhyme whether I write in English or French. Oh, okay. So, there you go. But I've noticed, I've noticed it with other French songs, like if I'm in Switzerland or something and I yes. hear a French song, that, you know, I, I'm expecting, you know, listening to English music my whole life, I'm expecting a rhyme to come up and then it doesn't. And I'm just wondering if that's, they don't care about it or if it's just not possible with the language sometimes not to, you know. It's a fancy thing that some people decide to embrace and some others don't. I, mm. I just, I'm not there. Uh, and I don't really know why. It's a little bit more complicated to write stuff and make it all rhyme. When it does rhyme well, it's very interesting, but it's not a priority for me. Mm -hmm. see. Sure. Yeah. That opens a lot I'm, of doors when you get step out of that, too. Go for it, Shane. You know, I don't want to go so far back again, but I'm curious to know how it was because your brother played keyboards. So when you guys were growing up together in music and the influences coming in, like, what could you speak to that a little bit? It's a funny thing because my brother and I, as kids, we uh, were like a cat and a dog, my mom would say. You know, we were absolutely, yeah, we couldn't see each other. And then <laughs> music is actually what brought us together later in life because we fell in love with synthesizers. Right. Uh, I remember having bought a set of drums too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had friends and we would meet at, in my parents' basement and we would make music together. And so that was the link between me and my, and my bro. And by the way, he's the exact opposite of who I am when it comes to managing money. Uh, you know, all the things I told you I was very bad at before, okay, he's very good at. He could be a pilot. <laughs> he could be. So when he came in, he's the one who suggested I leave the keyboards and because I used to play keyboards and sing at the same time with the with the box at the beginning, and uh -huh. it, it was a bit of a problem because, he, you know, I couldn't really take care of the people sitting behind that thing. Right. So when he came in, when he and he said, you know, just leave that and and go be a front man, and I'll do the keyboards in the back. But that's not all. He also took upon himself to manage the tours. Uh, he'd be the one that managed all of the money matters with the band. And so it helped a lot to have him there. Mm, of course. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And he wrote music too, a lot. Mm -hmm. So Great. I wasn't the only one writing in that band mostly, but, uh, but he did quite a few songs. So he was a, it was a big thing and it, it brought us together. And by the way, he lives not too far from here now and we see each oh, really? other regularly, maybe not lately because of the COVID thing, but yeah, mm -hmm. we, uh, yeah, and now you guys are like cats and cats, or dogs and dogs, or is it still cats? And cats? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Crocodile Island alligator. <laughs> <laughs> similar enough. Similar enough. Hey, Brent Fitz played with Sass Jordan. You should you should bring some of that up. How the lovely Sass Jordan. We 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 knew Sass as like that's the girl from the the box video when she eventually sort of had her own thing. We were like that's the girl from Closer Together. You remember that? You know, but Brent. But Brent just to, yeah, with her. Um, 
Jean-Marc, when we were, you were saying earlier how we all look like we, how would we have been part of that generation that got the, you know, into the, into the band early on. But I think all of us can agree, like we really as teenagers and, and much music, music plus had huge influence on us growing up in Canada. So yeah, my introduction to that fantastic song that I saw on much music, which would have been closer together. That would have been my first real, like, wow, this band is great. This song is great. And I mean, it's literally a soundtrack to, to my growing up. And it's still, I, I mean, like Matt Wexler, who was on earlier, like we sing that song to each other all the time. Cause it's just, it's a great <laughs> song that we always remembered. So, but I got to, you know, have a few conversations with Sass and I didn't know till later. And maybe some people still don't know that she, you know, there, she was in the box before she was a solo artist. And that is, is pretty cool that, you know, there's a little bit of a connected history there. So yeah, yeah, I've had, I've had that conversation with her. Sass was with us for at least five years. Wow. And by the way, and by the way, she, she's the one in the video for closer together, but she's not the one singing on right. the, on the record. I knew that. Right. It's another artist from here called Martin Sinclair. And when we offered Martin, we had to shoot that video in the middle of winter, and I didn't want to shoot it in the snowbank. So we all flew down to Dominican Republic and shot it there. Wow. So there was 18 of us, the, the, the entire team for the production of yeah. the video. And uh, Martin Sinclair didn't want to be on a beach with 18 horny guys. <laughs> so it might have been a whole other video that's <laughs> completely and so she declined the invite that would, that would have been the box uh, Jordan. You know, <laughs> yeah. do you guys know Sass Jordan a little bit oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Well. I've yeah. toured with her before too you yeah. all know that she is an absolute trooper Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, she's real deal. Yeah, nothing scares her. Absolutely no. nothing. Right. Okay. No. So when we proposed to her and Sylvie Davio, we had two uh, two backup singers back then. When we proposed to them to come with us <laughs> down south for two weeks, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, hell yeah, it's winter in Montreal. I'd be gone too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the yeah. way, Sass and I have been very close friends back in the. Uh, I remember we used to drive all the time together. We were like four cars in a in a van on tour, oh, and wow. usually she would ride with me, and we'd talk and talk and talk, and you know, it was just a fantastic. Uh, addition to the band she was not really part of the band but she was hired on a such a regular basis that she was there for five years straight and then when wow. she left to do her thing i said absolutely go for it you know j just mm -hmm. good luck and and by all means uh you know set everything ablaze which she did mm -hmm. and by the way i met her two years ago because there's a, a band here called the vikings they do covers only and whenever yeah. they can they'll bring in the the, the people who actually of the songs that they cover to, to come and participate. And That's two cool. years ago or three years ago, Sass and I were both there. She, they were doing some of her songs and some of our songs closer together amongst, amongst others. So cool. we, we, we did it together and that was a blast. Cool. She didn't remember the lyrics. <laughs> there was a blow at the end there where she, and she didn't remember at all. It was so funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, I've always wanted to ask you as, cause when we, when we tell the story about, um, having like a bit of a hit song or a hit record in any other part of Canada, you can make your way all the way up to Toronto and Toronto was really great because of much music. 
as you mentioned before, having a music video meant you could be from Montreal, but somebody in Vancouver is seeing you. So yeah. you could go across the country and it's and you immediately have established at least some kind of connection. But what I found fascinating was, you know, just having like riding a bit of a wave and then getting up into Quebec and really feeling like it doesn't matter. You need to kind of prove yourself all over again in a good way. Like I always I never was afraid of that kind of like well now you have to step up and, and and win an entire new audience over because that scene is so its own scene the quebec scene you know what i mean like i i really always appreciated that did french people take to i have quite a number of friends who would would make french versions of their songs and they weren't francophone in fact i don't even think they spoke french i think they had somebody kind of phonetically do french people sort of like think that like that's great that they did that or is it more kind of suspicious of that i always wondered a part of the crowd will think that and a part of the crowd will not and that's the okay. odd thing about quebec is that <clears throat> the population here is really split over that question of the language and culture for right. example in our case the people was 100 percent behind us but the media right. not at all we not had really. a lot of backlash from the media yeah and then again not all the media uh but a big part uh, right. So much so that it was annoying. Yeah. Uh, as for um, the people, I'll give you just an example. Three years ago, we played the Festival d'Été de Québec, which is the, the Quebec summer festival in Quebec City. It's a huge happening. Mm. Uh, mm. Paul McCartney played there two years ago. Mm. Sure. And we were asked to play with uh, Glass Tiger. Okay. In a big theater. Okay, the mm -hmm. place was jam-packed and the crowd was absolutely crazy. And by the way, I was on the phone with Gordon Deppie from The Spoons two days ago. Oh, cool. And, yeah, and he said he remembers whenever they came to Quebec, especially Quebec City. And by the way, that's odd because with us, it was the same thing. Quebec City is extremely receptive to music from everywhere. Uh, they, they don't seem to act as if they're bored like Montrealers do, you know, blasé right. type of thing. Not at all. <laughs> right, right. They are really enthusiastic. And, and uh, the show that we did with, with Last Tiger there, it was absolutely incredible. So you guys probably know more about what it is to be a band from English Canada playing in Quebec than I do. Because yeah. I can't really tell. And, and then again, the only experiences that I have uh, were fantastic. We opened up for a bunch of people, Jethro Tall. Uh, wow. Back in 1981 at the uh, Coliseum, which is the equivalent of your uh, Maple Leaf Garden, uh, mm -hmm. Marillion on tour, Chris DeBerg yeah. on tour. And every time it was the same thing. In Quebec, these people did marvelously well. It was awesome. It was fantastic. I think that's true. Of, I mean, you can't just put, we just can't pin that on Montreal. I mean, every city, New York, L.A., there's a lot of arm crossing and a lot of, you know, like it's just the scenes themselves that have seen everything. When a, when a new band comes through town, it's kind of like, let's see what you got. And I appreciate that right. kind of like, you know, it doesn't have to be, you just walk into town, here's the keys to the city. It's like, oh, you're going to have to kind of earn your spot. And I always appreciated that, you know. Mm -hmm. Murray has a question here. I'm not sure if this is just a vague. He's saying, can anybody answer my question? But uh I'm, I'm going to uh, assume that this has something to do with uh, what we're talking about. Maybe not. I don't know. Just, you know, what is the government doing for musicians now? Yeah. During Which COVID, one? I assume. Canadian I government. I Canadian imagine, government. So, yeah. When you guys talk about, you know, maybe touring or possibility of touring. I mean, uh, I, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sorry, my, my answer isn't very sexy, but I wouldn't know. Um, one thing is I've, I've, I've suffered is that we had something like 30 gigs booked for last wow. summer. They were all mm -hmm. postponed. And yeah. now it seems like they're going to be postponed again. Wow. So I don't know what to answer. If they, I think there was a fund. Uh, I've seen that happen with uh, the, the music musicians guild and whatever emails i get from them apparently some monies were put out there for us but i i didn't uh partake from so the I point of, the point of view of, of down in america here um of course a lot of people that lost their gigs went on unemployment some of them couldn't because they'd never been you know paying into it um but there was unemployment benefits and they could kept extending them they weren't exactly you know directed at musicians in particular, just people who's, who've lost their jobs. But since then, they extended it once, and now I think it's dried up completely. Um, I know there was a push. I, I got involved with the musicians' union down in L.A., and they um, they were doing some stuff with the you know the local government and taking it to the Senate and that sort of thing. And um, you know, to plead our case, that, look, you know, all these musicians basically are going broke, you know, and they're yeah. all leaving Los Angeles. There's a mass exodus out of this this city. Mm -hmm. um, and people that don't have a backup plan, you know, it's it's hard. So I would say down here, nothing's happening from the government. Uh, same, and it sounds like it's the same in Canada. Yeah. Well, yeah. It it's sounds like it's the same, uh, but at the same time, Canada, uh, you guys might not realize how much of a socialist government we, we have. We're a real socialist country here in, in Canada. So when the government says they're going to help musicians, it's probably going to happen. By the way, I decided to not uh, apply to any of, the, uh, of these programs because I, I, I don't want to brag, but I, I can afford not to. A, a bunch of other musicians can't, so I'll leave it to them. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm not surprised what you say about, um, about, about the U.S. It's not in your tradition uh, for the government there to intervene all the time. But at the same time, and it seems like you're not the only businesses suffering from that. It seems like there's a bunch of businesses suffering really hard in the U.S. Yeah. from that. But yeah. here in Canada, we don't have your numbers. Uh, we don't have your True. revenue, but we don't have, we're not as populous as, we, as you are. And it's probably more... It's probably simpler here to get some kind of uh, of help ready for musicians and other people related with these businesses that suffer. But what I would really like to see is uh, some science about okay, can we play at least outside? Mm -hmm. Yeah, outside. Yeah, and if if so, let let's move the shows outside and let's do the shows in the summer outside. Well, and I Absolutely. think it's important. Uh, it's important to mention as well. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of people watching will already know this, but in the event that you know younger generations don't realize what the impact on music sales has had for the music industry, you know, when you had this conversation maybe 20 years ago when people were buying music and physically still supporting that industry, there were other revenue streams. You know, I I have kids and. They wonder why a concert ticket now costs $100. I remember going for $12. Now, even with inflation, that doesn't equate to the same because that was when people yeah. would buy music and they would be able to support the bands in other ways. So now you lose out on both ends where the music is not being purchased and even streaming doesn't justify it. And of course, touring is not an option. So yeah, people don't realize the impact I guess it has on the industry as a whole now. And it's, it's worse now than it's probably ever been. You're right. I mean, it's the second time that our business is being killed. 
The first time was with internet and free downloads. True. Now this. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a damn good show that I have my painting, and I, th I sell a lot of them on, on Facebook and stuff, because otherwise I'd be... I'd be well, that's a perfect segue to uh, ask you about your painting. Yeah, but I think that one of your paintings behind you? Yeah, it is. I think it's 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 great to point out though that you you decided to to use that as your fallback plan. Uh, you know, something just as crazy be, being an actual painter. It's amazing yeah. that you you know. I mean, first of all, we talked about a little bit about this off air, but the fact that you started painting ten years ago is mind blowing to me. When I look at that piece behind you, it's like it's staggering. Uh, I, I know you're sort of very sort of like oh you know it's just this thing. I I'm like I I'm so blown away by your work. It's it's impressive. Yeah, no. It's nothing impressive. I'm, t I'm telling you, it's, it's something that <laughs> a lot of people could do, and they just sure. don't know it. And by the way, if you practice at anything, you get better. Okay, and That's true. true that ever since we left Montreal to live here, uh, our lifestyle, my wife and I, has gone from hectic to really relaxed. <laughs> so I have, I have a lot of time on my hands. Okay, mm -hmm. So uh, if you have a lot of time on your hands, you can practice something like that uh, almost every day. And you get really good really quickly. Hmm, and wow. as I mentioned, for people out there listening, if you ever thought you could maybe take it up and you didn't know where to start, just go on YouTube. That's what I did. When I started doing these uh, precision paintings type of thing, I, I just mm -hmm. typed in uh, into YouTube, uh, hyper-realistic painting. And there's a bunch of artists there just making tutorials about how to do it. And it's, uh, there's nothing, it's not sorcery, it's, uh, it's just, <laughs> it looks, I just assumed, I just assumed you had done this as a child or as a kid and then you just sort of took it up again, but no, it's like an actually, more or less, because I studied architecture in, uh, in school and, uh, in university and they oh, taught wow. a lot, taught a lot about drawing there and that sort of thing. But I would do a painting maybe once every 10 years. <laughs> something like that, and it would end up in the dustbin really quickly. It's very <laughs> bad. Uh, and so, but I always had this, uh, and then when, when we moved out here, the general tone of the country and all that, it's very conducive to that. So I started painting again. And my wife is really a business person, and she runs um, an everything for the home big boutique here in uh, in Montremblant downtown and oh, wow. she saw my first painting and she said oh I'll take that to the boutique and see what happens and she sold it and then she oh, said wow. oh, another one and she sold it another one and she sold it wow. and then the iron man you know that competition that triathlon we've we've yeah, had yeah. this seven years now and so it 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 created a real big boom for the cycling industry here so i so she, she suggested i should do one of those cyclists uh you know on the theme of the Ironman. So I did one, she sold. I did another one, she sold. It, we kept selling all the time. So, Does she wow, want to be our so manager? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sell, 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 sell. Yeah, but she has nothing to do with, uh, with the um, arts uh, and culture business. She's into real commerce. <laughs> she doesn't like the whims of... Uh, yeah. She goes know, where the money is, yeah. That's right. So that's so that's that, a good thing we should do. Uh, you guys, uh, this is a good, you know, anybody can pick up a paintbrush next week uh, on next Tuesday. <laughs> we'll all paint our own backdrops and then we'll have a, uh, we'll have a voting session. Right. So. Oh God. I love it. I'll secretly be commissioning John Mark to do mine. <laughs> <laughs> I do commissions too. I do. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I, you've I been, you've been selling some, some self portraits there lately, Todd. What are you talking about? 
Yeah, my stick man. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's worth worth yeah. gazillions. No, but it's really impressive to me that um, yeah, because I, I, Lyle's uh, uh, listening. Uh, in. Uh, <laughs> that was our manager. <laughs> Oops, sorry, no, no, Lyle. No, no, no. She's going to manage selling our paintings, Lyle. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not going to go nearly as well as as Jean Marc's career. But no, I really find it fascinating because I have friends that you know were in music and got into acting or went. To, you know, it's kind of like you know one. It's one thing to sidestep in to a proper job i became a lawyer or a doctor or a you know whatever but it's another thing when i i, I love seeing it because when when you hear that you're painting i go of course he is jean Marc was painting of course he is that makes total sense to me like the the you know lafer du moutier that guy is painting of course he is he has to be he's like as far as I know, he's a he was a French film star from you know Paris yeah. in my mind when I was a kid. Yeah. So it just seems perfectly like how big is the is the community you live in? Like how big is it up? Like uh, how large is that? Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a ski resort. I don't oh, know. It's we're, a ski resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we're ten thousand. That's it. Okay, but, so fair size. But we have tourism. I mean, tourism here big time. On a Friday night, you can't you don't recognize anything here. It becomes crowded i mean right. really crowded and in the right. summer it's even worse because we have golfing here and uh the resort that's really exploded in the 80s so it's full of condos there so on a friday night here it goes completely crazy so there's a lot of business to be had but at the same time on monday morning really uh, yeah. obviously that's not which, so much now during COVID, like? correct is that pardon me I said, obviously, not so much now during COVID. It's obviously taken a big impact on business there, no? Probably quiet it's surprising. General. It's surprising. Oh, we had, it? ah. Yeah. Well, the lockdowns, fine. But between the two lockdowns, it seems like business here was on a revenge. It was. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And my, my wife really felt it. The sales went really up. And by the way, I heard a lot of women on, on TV shows and that sort of thing saying, we've been locked down for so long. Now we want to spend. <laughs> and so they go out there and they yeah they do what they couldn't do during the lockdown. So well, that's yeah. a comforting thing to hear because Brent and myself both live in Las Vegas, that's another city built completely on tourism, right. and it's a comforting thing to hear that that you're hearing people say when things open up, people are oh, yeah. happy to kind of go out. I honestly believe that when when the world opens up, it's going to be a traffic jam of bands coming through. You know, in Montreal, it'll be like which five bands should we go see tonight? You know, or wherever because there's going to be just so much traffic of everybody just getting out there and playing and i'm really hoping it's the it's the roaring 20s you know what i mean like by later this year hopefully no oh, yeah. i'm wood i'm i'm certain it's going to happen shows and all that sort of thing yeah that would be fantastic uh matt wexler who's still listening was asking in a text here he goes um he wanted to know so when you spend your days uh between like making um creating new visual art versus new music um, which comes more naturally, or are you still excited to play music? It's exactly the same mental process for both. And really? this is something I found out when I started painting. It's exactly the same frame of mind. Uh, the only thing that's different is the medium. Everything else, what goes in your head, uh, and by the way, the, 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 the traps are the same. Okay. If you're not, for example, um, I know people who are compulsive about feeling that their song is never finished and it's right. never perfect and they have to right. work again on it and then they ruin everything. Same thing with those. Okay. Yeah. At one point you got to be able to say, stop it and not overthink everything, you know? Right. Mm. And that's, that's the important thing that I find about uh, 
doing any of these arts is is the mental process that is behind it. It's not the end result. So, for example, for the last two years, I haven't written a single song, not a single note, and I don't miss it at all. Because when I do that, it's the exact same thing that happens in my head, and it contents me perfectly. And if oh. I stop doing that for some reason, maybe my eyesight will go bad, whatever, and I revert back to music, same thing. It's just a quarter, a quarter for, a, you know, it's... It's, it's like you almost a, have to say, you have to abandon it. You have to abandon the song and abandon the painting and kind of just step away and just go, okay, this is how it was today. But I guess you could continually look at a painting and try to tweak it and adjust it, I, I guess. You know, or yeah, like a song. It's funny you say that. I just saw an article today, uh, uh, you know, with, uh, I don't know if it was uh, recent, but it was an article on Rush. And they said there's a reason why there's no unreleased Rush tracks. It's because they say that if it just wasn't working, they just, it wasn't working. Just they right. walk away. Right. And and know, it, so. I would even take it further than that by saying that you guys all know if you write a song and you record it and you leave it be for one night, the next day you come in and you listen to it and all of all of the good things really pop out and all of the defects are really obvious. Mm -hmm. Exact same thing with those. Mm. When I finish mm. a painting or I think I, I think I'm finished, I take it home, I put it on, uh, on top of the fireplace and I stand back. And by the way, the best way to hear if, you, if your song is well mixed is to play it not very loud in another room. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. right. If you're in the kitchen and uh, your whatever your studio is over there, you play the speakers not too loud, and you change you, you get out of the speakers, okay? And now you hear everything that's either too loud or not loud enough. That sort of right. Thing. It's yeah. the exact same thing with these. If you step back and you look at your painting from from afar, you can see everything that's great about it, and every defect will just. <laughs> Oh. it'll jump in your face so it's it's exactly the same process in every way interesting wow that's i, I find it really inspiring because i've always tried to be the guy that's like you got a friend that's always you know talked about writing a book or you know wants to be a photographer or whatever it's kind of like you really want to push people because of what we do living way outside the the safety zone of of, of a regular job you want to be able to push your friends and say well you should chase that down man because it goes fast, this crazy thing called life. You know, it's like to be able to kind of create and put things out into the world, it's a it's a wonderful thing. And I it's think it's not like a, it's not like we have an excuse. I mean, today anyone can do music with a computer just like this one that's sitting in front of me. Mm -hmm. and, and and to go pick up uh, you know a painting and a few colors and start doing something, it's it's the easiest thing on earth. And by the way, as I said to you earlier, the one thing that I hear all the time about this is I can't draw. So, right. therefore, I can't paint. That's not true. It's absolutely not true. Drawing is the least important thing. What you need to start doing is putting color in there. And right. it doesn't even matter if it represents anything. It all, right. it, you know, just, just do whatever it is that pops to your mind. Just know when to stop. <laughs> right. That sounds like, that sounds like, I mean, we all know those guys who are still in a basement, probably somewhere rehearsing, you know, we're not quite ready yet. We're still writing. And I'm oh, always yeah. like, guys, you know, guys would do that for years and they would never play a show. You'd be like, it's, it's part of the, uh, that's yeah. another side of being an artist is that sort of, it's never quite finished. You're still in the kitchen making whatever it's like, dude, serve it already. <laughs> yeah. There, there yeah. is no try. Right. Corey. That's dude. right. Or do not do. Exactly. There is no try. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like since you moved away from the big city, you have a really great 
um, lifestyle, a quality of life, and you're painting. Do you do anything else for fun? Do you have a pair of snowshoes? Uh, wow. No, not really. Um, what I really <laughs> enjoy doing is, uh, by the way, when I'm on vacation, I'm bored to death. I'm that kind of guy. Uh, I, I don't mind going out to travel anywhere, but I have something to do there. For example, right. my best times were when we shot videos and we, for example, that Temptation video that we did for Capital EMI back in the uh, in, in 1990, we shot it in, um, in um, New Orleans. So I stayed there for three weeks. By the way, I directed all of our videos except for two. So oh, wow. I was, was going to ask that. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. It was a lot of work. So I would fly there with a production manager, and we would do all of the locations, uh, hirings, uh, whatever we needed. Um, and so that, to me, was extremely interesting, to go somewhere to do something. Like when we were in England recording the fourth album, we stayed there for five months. Uh, and I just fell in love with the people there, but yeah. we had something to do. We weren't just tourists looking at buildings yeah. and yeah. monuments, you know? So, yeah. So to answer your question, I, I don't really need hobbies. And the only thing that I like to do outside of this, and we've been doing a lot of that lately, is to, is to go for a walk with my wife around the lake. There's a lake sure. not too far from here. And on a beautiful sunny afternoon, we will just go, and have a walk and by the way i recommend it to anyone this is really magic therapy it really works you sleep better you digest better you do everything better wow but yeah hobbies and that sort of thing no if i pick up something it's usually not going to be for hobby it's going to be to make a profit out of it <laughs> i sound like i'm kidding but I'm no, it's, yeah. it, no it's, it's, it doesn't need to be money, but it has to be something that works, that has a purpose, okay? Yeah. It has to fit into, um, into my life. It has to yeah. have a purpose. So what yeah. about the skiing and golfing? You live on the resort. And I don't do any. I don't <laughs> golf and I don't ski. I, I live in Vegas. As a kid, but I live in Vegas and I don't gamble, so same <laughs> similar idea. Yeah. So, I don't go. smoke or drink either, so yeah. It's, I'm, but yeah, it's... Uh, no, that's really, it was really amazing hanging with you today. I really thank you for your time. Wow. Hey, it really was great having yeah, you guys. It has been a blast, yeah. I can't wait to, I mean, it's, it's one of those things we keep saying it all the time. I know you missed out because the way you want to end these things is what's coming up. But I know we're all sort of sitting here waiting for the word to kind of go do what we do, you know, play well, music. we're going to be doing a first uh, next month. We're going to be doing a, a live streamed show. Oh, so great. For your great. listeners out there. Check my Facebook page, okay? My name is Jean-Marc Pisapia. It's written there somewhere. Check mm -hmm. my Facebook page for, for the ad of that. So it's going to be live streamed. Uh, there are great. tickets. It's I think it's 20 bucks the ticket. That's great. And it's going to be the first time we've played in a year because the last time we played was in Oshawa on, on uh, February 4th, wow. 2020. So, wow. So this is going to be... Uh, no, excuse me, March, March 4th. March 4th, so yeah. This time we're going to be playing on March 6th, and it's a live stream show, and it's our first time I'm going to do that. So we'll join be, sure, uh, we'll be sure to share that link on, on the page and anybody yeah, who's interested do. in... in yeah, uh, it's on my, it's on on my, it's on my Facebook page there. If you scroll down a bit, you'll see it. It'll, it'll pop up. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's no, fantastic. I'll, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. Well... Well, thanks yeah, so much I for, know uh, for hanging with us. Yeah, it's been it's been it was a blast. my pleasure, gentlemen. My and, pleasure. Uh, thank you. Again, thanks thank you. everybody for tuning in. And uh, again, you know, if you like the show, uh, we you know we can't express it enough. We talked about it uh, 
obviously during the show, but uh, feel free to click that stars button and do what you can. Um, go check out the uh, the live stream. You said March 4th? Uh, March uh, 6th. March sixth. Okay, yeah. and we'll we'll get the uh, yeah we'll get the link up there for you guys to uh, to check that out, and uh, we will see everybody back here next Tuesday. Uh, we prepared to announce who we got on board, or we're not. Yes, sure. yes, it yeah. is Jay Semko from the Northern Pikes. There you go, Saskatoon's finest. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Thank you oh, so yeah. much, Jean Marc. All right, yeah, guys. Will be a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank Take you. care, everyone. That was nice really to meet fun, you, Jean Marc. That was really fun. You too. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Take care. Oh, fuck.